0: You are listening to the Practical Islamic Finance Podcast, where we try to help people globally build wealth in a halal way. We hope you find it useful and fun. Anything you hear in this podcast is not to be understood as personalized financial or investment advice, and only represents the views of the speaker. Investing entails risk, including loss of principle. Be sure to do your own due diligence before you make any investment decisions. Assalamu alaikum, my name is Rakan Kayali and welcome to Practical Islamic Finance. So let's start. Is Forex trading halal or haram? In order to ascertain whether Forex trading is halal or haram, I think it's useful to go through a primer on risk first. When you're engaged in a business transaction, you are likely dealing with risk in at least one of these three ways. You are either engaged in creating risk, and we'll see how there's two types of activities that are creating risk. Or you are transferring risk. An example of that would be if I sold this property to someone else, I would be transferring the risk of ownership of this property to whoever buys this property. Or I am reducing overall risk. So for instance, if I installed a sprinkler system in this property, I would be reducing the risk of losing this property due to a fire. As far as creation of risk is concerned, I distinguish between two types of activities that create risk. The first type of activity that creates risk are those activities that create risk as a necessary byproduct of attempting to create value. What's an example of this? Let's say I have some money that is currently doing nothing for me. It's just sitting in my account and I decide rather than have this money just sitting there, I'm going to start a business. Now, because I've decided to start a business using this money, I've exposed this money to risks that it was previously unexposed to. However, I can justify this risk creation by the value that I am attempting to create with the good or service that the business that I'm starting is going to offer. The second type of activity that creates risk are those activities that have no prospects of creating any value. An example of these types of activities is gambling so if someone were to take the money that they had sitting idly in their account and instead of opening a business they decide to go to a casino and gamble it at a roulette wheel they too would be creating risk but the difference between the risk that they are creating and the risk that someone who opens a business is creating is that in the case of the person that is gambling at the casino there are no prospects of creating any value from that activity and these are the types of activities that islam prohibits that is islam prohibits activities that create risk with no prospects of creating any value this is what is called in arabic as al-maisir and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about al-maisir that these are activities which involve some benefit but their sin outweighs their benefit So now that we've went through a brief primer on risk, let's talk about Forex trading. Forex is short for foreign exchange, and it represents basically the global market for currency exchange. This is a decentralized market, and it is the largest market on the face of the globe, averaging around $5 trillion in daily volume. Now, reasons for people to engage in the Forex market can be summarized in the following three categories. The first is to exchange currencies. So let's say I'm in the United States, all of my wealth is in US dollars, and I intend on taking a trip to Canada. I need Canadian dollars if I want to buy anything in Canada. So I need to exchange some of my US dollars for Canadian dollars. So this is one reason why I might want to engage in a currency exchange transaction. I exchange the U.S. dollars that I have for Canadian dollars. In this case of exchanging one currency for another, am I creating any risk? No, I am transferring the risk of owning U.S. dollars to the purchaser of U.S. dollars. And in return, I am assuming the risk of owning Canadian dollars. There is nothing wrong with this from a Sharia perspective. It is completely halal to do. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, if you're exchanging currencies of different types, exchange as you please, so long as the exchange happens hand-to-hand. In other words, the change in ownership happens simultaneously. The second reason why you might wanna engage in a Forex transaction is to hedge currency risk that you have. So let's say that I am a multinational corporation. I'm based in the US, I'm doing business in Turkey. And let's say that I'm expecting a payment six months from now in Turkish lira from a customer that is based in Turkey. So I want to make sure that the exchange rate between the Turkish lira and the US dollar does not change unfavorably in this six months time. So there are tools in the Forex market that can allow me to hedge this risk that I have. And I see no evidence in either the Quran or Sunnah that hedging currency risk is haram in any way. Now there are certain hedging tools that may not conform entirely with uh, Islamic teachings, but the concept of hedging your currency risk I found no objections for in either the Quran or Sunnah. Now the third reason why someone may engage in a transaction in the forex market is to speculate on price. And keep in mind it is estimated that 95% of the transactions that occur in the forex market fall under this category in other words only five percent of the transactions that happen in the forex market have real business activity behind them now in terms of speculating on price it is certainly permissible for you to buy an asset that you think is underpriced in hopes that that asset's price corrects over time and goes up and you can sell after the price appreciates and make a profit. It is certainly halal for you to do that. No one will argue that it's not halal for you to do that and certainly I won't. The issue with forex trading is that when you're going long, for instance, the Japanese yen as an example against the US dollar, you're not actually buying Japanese yen. You don't have possession of any Japanese yen. You can't. Withdraw the Japanese yen from your account and use it to make other purchases. Or withdraw the Japanese yen and stuff it under your mattress. You can't do that. Everyone who owned Japanese yen still owns the same amount. And everyone who owned U.S. dollars still owns the same amount. So no transfer of risk happened here. What happened? A creation of risk happened. You have subjected your wealth to risk that didn't exist previously and so did the counterparty the other end of the trade they subjected their wealth to risk that didn't exist previously and now the question is is there any value that is hoped to be created that can justify this risk creation and if we're being honest with ourselves i think the answer is plainly no there is no prospects of value creation from this creation of risk that happened when you decided to take a long position on the yen against the dollar. There is none. You've created risk that didn't exist previously because you're not in possession of any currencies. You're not in possession of the Japanese yen, as is evidenced by the fact that you can't withdraw Japanese yen from your account. You've added to the risk that existed in the market. And Islam says that when you add risk to the market, you have to have the prospect of creating value that justifies your adding of risk to the market. And why is this important? Well, let me give you an example. Let's say you live in an island nation and let's say that island nation has a thousand people in it. And let's say on that island nation, there's only one currency. It's called the islander. I'm not saying there's only one type of currency. There's only one coin and it's called the islander. And the rest of the business activity is done with other currencies. Now, if we place the restriction that in order to speculate on the price of the islander, you have to have possession of the islander, then at any one time, only one person is going to be able to speculate on the price of the islander. So let's say the islander was worth $100 US dollars, and then it goes down to being worth only 10 US dollars. In that case, the only person affected by this is the person that has possession of the islander. Now let's remove that condition that you have to have possession of the islander in order to speculate on its price. So now it's possible that everyone in that island nation is speculating on the price of the islander. So now if the same change occurred to its price and it went from 100 U.S. dollars to 10 U.S. dollars and everyone in that nation was speculating that it was going to go up in price, Now all a thousand members of that island nation lost money. So now you have an economic crisis on that island. Because risk was being created every time a member of that island nation speculated on the price of the islander. So the restrictions on the creation of risk in Islam and making sure that it has to be justified by the prospect of creating value serves to protect economies from volatility and deep economic crises that could have been avoided otherwise so now we come to the first condition of speculating on the price of a currency in a halal way and that is that you have to have complete ownership of that currency and this can only be true if you have complete freedom in what you do in that currency so complete ownership of that currency means that You may not decide to trade in that currency. You may decide to withdraw it from your account. You may decide to do whatever you want with that currency. If you don't have that freedom, you don't have complete ownership of the currency. And you haven't met the first condition for halal speculation on the price of a currency. So here I've written the first condition for halal forex trading, which is to perfect your ownership of the currency, which means that you can withdraw that currency, you can do whatever you want with that currency that you're trading with. You are the owner of that currency. The second condition for Halal Forex trading is that you do not use margin that is provided by the trading platform. The prophet peace be upon him says, you cannot lend money on the condition of a sale. When you are taking margin from a trading platform and you're taking that margin under the condition that you use that money that you borrowed to trade currency on their trading platform, you are violating the Prophet, peace be upon him's commandment to not combine a loan with a condition to buy. Why does the Prophet, peace be upon him, say this? Well, because the definition of riba is any loan which includes a contractual requirement for the lender to benefit. And when the trading platform is providing you with margin, even if they say that margin doesn't have any interest or that they don't have any swap fees, when they are lending you money, they are doing so because they know that they're going to benefit from you in some other way. And they benefit from you by placing restrictions on what you can do with that money. So you can only use the money that you borrow from them in buying currencies on their platform. And they will charge you fees when you do so, whether it's a wider bid-ask spread when you're trading on their platform or any other implicit or explicit fees. They are benefiting when you trade on their platform or else they wouldn't provide that service. So when they are providing you margin with the condition that you trade on their platform, this is haram. This violates the Prophet, peace be upon him's commandment to not combine a loan with a condition of sale. So in order to speculate on the price of a currency in a halal way, you have to at least meet these two conditions. The first is that you have to have perfect ownership of the currency that you're speculating in. And perfect ownership means that you can withdraw that currency, you can use it for whatever you want. You don't have to use it in trading. The second condition is that you must not use any margin or any leverage or any loans that are provided by the trading platform that is enabling you to trade in these currencies and to speculate on their price. Once you use a loan or borrowed money from the trading platform that is enabling you to trade in currencies, so long as their loan is conditional on your using the borrowed money to trade on their platform, and it always is, then that is a violation of the condition that you not use any margin that is provided by the trading platform that you are using to speculate on the currency's price. And currently, I know of no trading platforms where these two conditions are met. That is, you have complete ownership of the currency, and you don't need any sort of borrowing to trade on their platform. So when you combine the fact that most Forex trading accounts don't meet these two conditions, if not all of them don't meet these two conditions, certainly I haven't seen any and the fact that it is estimated that 95% of forex traders are net losers of money, my advice to you is to stay away from forex trading. It is at least extremely suspect in terms of its halalness. And two, it is statistically a net loser of money for people who engage in it. So that's my opinion on forex trading. I hope you found it beneficial. Until next time, take care of yourself. Assalamu alaikum and peace be upon you all.